All right, here we are with another episode of Valley's official podcast. I'm Andrew, and today with me is Mike, as always, actually. So far, so. Actually, I say always, but uh, I did have Steven on here. You have. At one point in time. So most of the time, Mike. Yeah. So, Mike, I think I thought today we would do something a little different. I kind of want to do like a uh, kind of a pulse on Valley. Kind of just talk about some of the, there's a lot of new things. Okay. That are happening. I wanted to share, I guess. And you got to, uh, and then I want to transition and talk about uh, something you got to do this week. You got to speak at Teenagers and Friday School. That's right. Right. And you got yeah. to, uh, you got to equate Spider-Man with scripture. <laughs> it's from yeah. what I understand. So I, that I, is what I did. Yeah. Okay. I would love to hear, you know, as someone who reads the Bible and finds that very important and then reads comic books. Right and finds that, that really important. Finds that very important. I, I would love to hear how those things came together for you. Sounds good. So just all around, Mike, um, I guess how's we've launched this this quarter life groups and we're breathing in fresh life. Yeah. Into that. How, you're a life group leader. I'm a life group leader. Man, how are things going for you and, and your life group? Our life group is it is so wonderful. Actually, it's been a really it's been an awesome experience. Jess and I both going to life group together. We have, there are six couples and actually as of this week, we've had another couple join us. And so we have seven couples, 14 people, which we're kind of busting the seams and starting to think about what does it look like to multiply already? Yeah. But uh, man, it's just wonderful to have a group of people to get together. We, we have a wonderful meal together. We share, we care, we, we split up, we pray. And then we just really, our group is not uh, doing gospel project. Our group is re- rehashing the sermon. And so I've been writing kind of sermon, sermon guides. Is that every low week. prep for you? Do you feel, cause you've already written a sermon. So do you, is that, is that, is that save you time to. Yeah. I mean, if I were to do a separate study, it would, I'd have to put in a lot of, a lot more true. time. Yeah, yeah. And so it takes me a good group discussion guide takes about an hour. You know, and that's awesome though, because I know there are times when people can listen to a sermon and maybe get fixated on one idea. And then take the, that idea might be misconstrued a little bit and then it kind of taints the rest of the message so they could actually clarify some things mm-hmm. with you in that. So that's, yeah. that's cool. So uh, our group is responding well. I think the format's really good. We, we, uh, we break up a lot into like pairs in, in our group to talk about certain questions. And so people are processing the scripture and what God's doing in their heart and their mind. People are getting to know one another in our group and starting to care. I know this week that one guy ended up helping another guy with his car and they've really just started to get to know each other. But those relationships, that Christian community started to be formed and, and honestly, some, some cool ways that for me as a pastor, I, I feel like I just kind of sit back and watch God do his thing. And it's pretty cool to see. Speaking of, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about life groups. Actually, I had something hilarious happen in my life group this last Wednesday, and it's going to kind of lean into middle school humor. So bear with me, listeners. Oh, here we go. So this last week, I, I, I co-lead. I have another person in my group that leads uh, every other week, and this week it was his turn to, to lead. And so that was nice. So I sat on the other end of the table. I just wanted to connect with people and listen. And I won't say the name of this other person, I was sitting next to, but during the study, um, I was reading something on, on my booklet and then I heard the cutest fart <laughs> come from this <laughs> person next to me who Andrew. is in their forties. Andrew, Andrew, Andrew. Yeah. I'm just saying, cause <laughs> it was great because I listened to it. He looked at me. I looked at him. 
We both started laughing and there was a, just an immediate bond within our <laughs> life group. And the entire life group asked what was happening and I threw him under the bus and I told him what happened and they started laughing. He started laughing and then we, it was a great time. Wow. I loved it. It was just a good time of us bonding, I guess. Right. So that's like uh, either uh, an advertisement for your life group or a deterrent from your life. That group, is depending on our listener right now. I mean, that's true. I mean, if you're into just loosey goosey, hey, let's just <laughs> hang out. That's that's what we're about. But if you want business, I guess I mean, we get to business, but that's there you go. Yeah. So anyway, so life groups are going well for you, man. I, I've been hearing really good things. I just I love that couples are getting together and building community. It does really feel like especially with the way we've relaunched life groups this year. It's like a, it's like a new day for a lot of people within our church, a new day for people who've even been attending for, for years to kind of reconnect and connect with other people. Yeah. There's a completely different vibe within our church and that's a good thing. Churches should evolve in yeah. that capacity. And, and desiring to, to love each other and to know each other. This last weekend, part of the message we talked about, are, are you connected in a way that people actually know you and they love you and that you know them and love them and are praying for them. And I had a handful of couples say, and, and people just regular people just come up and say, Hey, I need to be part of something because I, I don't know people and people don't know me and I, I'm not being loved and I'm not loving others within the church context. And I think that there's a, a bit of a, just a, a changing of mindset and how it works with some f- folks. And again, the Lord's doing his thing. It's, it's pretty cool to watch. And that's beautiful. I, we are a church that loves, 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 loves serving the community. And so there's always a battle cry to like, Hey, get involved. Let's serve. Let's do these activities and things. But I've been saying this lately and I'll say it again. I really do think though that without life groups, without these connections, without this, this feeling that I'm here in the thick of it with my brothers and sisters in Christ, if we don't have that and we're just doing things, sometimes it can feel like a, like a job. It can feel like we are, I guess you could, it's, it's quick to lose the joy of what, of the work that God has put out for us. And we start to make it about the flesh and we get discouraged in that. So I would really encourage, like, I would like to see everyone right now who is serving at some capacity, make sure they're part, they're part of a life group. This last week, I was inviting some people who are, are attending our church. I know them through our children's ministry. But I started sending out uh, links to our life group signups again mm-hmm. because that's still those are a lot of those groups are still open. Right. So I, I would say it's not too late to jump in. I know someone to, this week told me they, they didn't want to come to my group because they thought they had missed too much to start up. But the way our curriculum works, our Bible study works, it doesn't stack in the way that if you miss something, then you completely missed it. We're just studying passages of scripture. They can jump in this week and they could have a meaningful conversation and be part of it. Oh yeah. And it sounds like for your group, it's it's the same thing because it's just based on the sermon. And there's another sermon based group, right? Isn't there? Yeah. Mario's the one. Yeah. His is on Wednesdays or Thursdays, I think. Yeah. That's cool. So Mike, I I don't know if I've told you about this, but I wanted to share an actually an update about the gospel project because yeah. that kind of goes hand in hand with the life groups. Because we have two groups doing two life groups doing gospel project, yeah. you and Stephen Hall, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then we have kids ministry doing gospel project oh, yeah. on Wednesdays. Yes, so this is what's happening on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. There are adult groups doing the gospel project, and if you don't know what the gospel project is, just really quick, it is a Bible study that goes through the entire Bible, not at one time, but we're, we're going to work through it in several years. And what it does is that it connects each Bible to the overall narrative of the gospel. 
So what you see is like, you're not just learning these, these weird random stories in the Bible. You're actually seeing how it all points to one story. It's all about Jesus. So that's actually really powerful right there. And then, so I'm doing that on Tuesday nights, but Stephen Hall is doing it on Wednesday nights, which is kind of feeding into kind of like a family night. Mm-hmm. So the last couple of weeks, this has happened. Uh, this, this, this event has happened exactly the way I envisioned it. We've had families who want their kids to be a part of the kids program show up and say like, hey, my kid's here to do the gospel project. I'm like, oh, awesome. They, they come on in and then they kind of hang out and I say, hey, there's something for you just down the hall. Would you like to go? Mm-hmm. And I've had parents like, yeah, actually, I would love that. So they've been going. And what's happening is that they get to learn whatever that is, whatever it is the kids are learning, the adults are learning all at the same time. Then, because they get a book, the adults get are getting a booklet. Okay, they are given a tool to lead, to lead a family devotion some later time in the week, and all the questions and all the material we've already gone over in in the thing. So if a kid has a question, because we don't go very, very deep in in the kids stuff, mm-hmm. not as deep as the adult stuff right. because of age, but if a kid has a question, the adults are already prepared to answer and to discuss it, and if it's something that they can't discuss. They can bring it up the next week with their Bible studies. They can bring it back to their kids. It begins this rhythm of families truly discipling their own families. And that's happened a couple of times now. And I'm so excited to see that. Man, God is at work. And I'm, I'm excited to see what's going to happen as we continue to, to just raise this banner. This reminds me of some of um, how churches uh, are planted and how discipleship is made in, in other countries. And so in, in some countries, oftentimes when someone's leading someone to faith and then discipling them, they will teach them something from the scripture and they say, okay, don't come back to me. Or, or next time we meet, we're going to meet after you've actually trained someone else in this, right? So basically that's what we're helping parents do. We're helping parents learn the scripture and then giving them a platform to go home and actually to have discipleship kind of conversations with their children. So they literally are like, they could be flat footed the week before, not know how to have a spiritual conversation with their kid. And now they can have like a, an easy access point to say, let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about the scripture. Let's talk about what God's doing and how it connects back to Jesus and his death and resurrection. What a, what a great tool. Yeah, this is pretty awesome. I I'm excited about that. And did I tell you what I was able to put together uh, for this upcoming family Friday? No. Oh man. So good. This is, this is, I'm excited to what God is doing. So we, as a children's ministry, I think we've talked about it before. We're pivoting. We're, we're trying to focus on family ministry. Mm-hmm. So next week, we're going to have our second Family Friday. Yeah. We're going to bump it up to three hours instead of two because uh, families told us that it's not a real evening, which is two hours. That's the and, 25th? Yeah. Yep. And I'm excited about that because those two hours we did last last month, they flew by so quick. I've got a plan. People are jumping in. It's, it's going to be great. But just allowing the church to really come together in a missional effort, I guess, I have one life group who is looking to provide soup and sandwiches for the, they're, they're going to provide the meal. They're going to come together. They're going to make the meal. They're going to mm-hmm. make the sandwich. They're going to deliver it. And we'll, we'll pass it out to the kids, but they're going to handle that. And I have a couple other life groups right now. that are looking into coming in on Thursday to set up the sanctuary Wonderful. for the kids. And then another life group to come and tear down, tear down Saturday. So it's really becoming like a, a church effort. Right. And so 
the here are life groups supporting family ministries, not having to actually be like the frontline people if they don't feel like they, they're called to that. But, but they're yet serving. we're working together for this. That's cool. To man. Minister to families. Dude, it's amazing. I'm I'm just so I'm stoked for that kind yeah. of stuff right now. That is cool. So I, I would like to hear a little bit about how Wednesday night's going with the uh, the Valley Kids and what the actual that night looks like, what it feels like. Yeah. How, how like uh, you said, you know, we're, we're taking the pulse. What does that look like right now? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Wednesdays are a lot of fun right now. So I don't know if you know this or not, Mike, but I actually uh, I have a I have a large background in after school programs. So I, that's what, that's what, that was my first job, and then that was my next job with TRCS. So I've modeled a lot of things that we're doing Wednesday nights, like after-school programs. Right. So kids show up. Uh, right now, we're kind of debating on letting kids show up even earlier because we're having a conflict with... The youth ministry had dinner at a certain time, so kids are showing up earlier. So I'm, I'm right. going to navigate that. But anyway, so we open up, and we allow kids to come hang out. So I've got stations. i got Legos, Play-Doh. we got coloring sheets and all that stuff. And it's just kind of a time to hang out and just kind of wait for kids to show up. But right when it starts, we have three sections of the night. We have a introduce the Bible or introduce the study, study the Bible, and apply it. So the first section, we typically go through kind of like some thematic games. Uh, the other week we talked about Elisha taking on the mantle, mantle of Elijah. So we played games like follow the leader. Um, we did also some magic tricks for the kids. Cause we were talking about like, you know, who has a skill. It's something that you would like to learn to do. So I showed the kids uh, a magic trick. And then I said, would you guys like to learn how to do this? And they said, yeah. So we spent some time doing that, that trick. They, they had a great time. I, I've learned that, um, all the things I did when I was a kid to try to get the attention of girls. Well, it didn't work for girls, but now I'm using it for, you know, for the glory of God. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but so they're learning, they're, they're, we're playing some games to introduce the concept. And so like that week, the concept was, you know, mentoring mm-hmm. and le- picking up skills that other people have. Then we, this is my favorite part, actually. It's the, it's the study of the Bible. And I don't say it's my favorite part because we're studying the word of God. It's actually the way we go about doing it. So first we read the Bible together. Right. So they are. So those who like reading, we're, we're reading it. Then once they've read it, they we act it out. So we start all over again. Mm-hmm. And then I have kids who are going to be like Elijah and Elisha, who's the army and who's who's the river and all that stuff. They, so they all get a part to play. So they're not just sitting there listening. They're actually up and moving and part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that takes a long time. But man, these kids are into it and yeah. they're having a good time. And what I've loved is that these kids that I've learned to be kind of introverted in, in like on the weekends, I see like they don't really want to participate. They love acting. They love okay. getting in there and yeah. just playing a role or whatever. Man, every kid is engaged. So we, we act it out. Then after that, we'll pass out a snack because then we watch a video presentation and it's, uh, it's the same story over, but now mm. it's visual. Yeah. So they're getting this three times, three times in a row. After that, we ask some review questions and then we go to the apply it. Mm-hmm. which takes out some more activity sheets and it's some other games. And we talk about like, you know, if uh, Elijah and Elisha um, in, in that story, actually it was fresh in my mind is this last week. This last week was um, Elisha and the army of God and how God opened the eyes of Elisha's servant and closed the eyes of the, uh, the Aramean army. Mm-hmm. We, we talked about how God is, God's work is invisible. And so we prayed that we can see God and the kids were talking about that and saying like, they were asking, you know, what does invisible mean and, and how we can be praying for our families mm-hmm. to see God at work, to open our eyes because he, he controls it. That's, 
That's what kids are saying, not me. That's what kids are saying. So they're getting this. They're that getting is it. really cool. Yeah. And then, and then after that, um, we're done. So this last week, we had like 20 more minutes of extra time. So I, I had my Nintendo Switch, and we just hang out and play games until the parents yeah. are ready to come get them. But man, these have been some solid nights. That's cool. I'm, I'm so stoked for that. And around the time New Year begins, we're going to get the youth group. The youth ministry is going to start doing it as well on Wednesday. And so yeah. we've got kids ministry doing gospel project, youth ministry doing gospel project and adult two life groups, but one on Wednesday nights doing gospel project. And so we have this foundation for families to really begin to grow into, you know, knowing how to talk about the scripture oh, yeah. and, and know how to talk about the scripture in light of the finished work of Jesus Christ, which is really the, the, the thing that we love about the gospel project is it, it helps connect the dots between this isn't just some strange old Testament story that we we're not really sure how it applies to 21st century America. Mm-hmm. We, we understand it in light of the big picture that Jesus and his death and resurrection is what the old Testament was pointing toward. And then that's what the new Testament describes and then, and then builds upon. So pretty good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited. I, I just love the idea that we are providing a tool for families to come together and not just talk about morals and ethics, but to really talk about Christ and the gospel, right? To take it to the next step and to really see not, not to see that the Bible isn't just a collection of stories to make us better people, mm-hmm. but the Bible is a collection of stories that glorifies Christ. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what I'm the, I'm the most excited about, man. We're seeing some small successes right now in just how we're interacting with families. And there's a lot of room to grow. So, I mean, if you're listening to this and you're part of our church, man, I would just say, please just continue to pray for the growth of this and for the stability of it, because these are small steps. But I'm telling you, like, if we continue to do stuff like this for the next five to 10 years, it's going to change. I think it'll change the city. Yeah. Honestly. It it certainly could pray and jump on board. Be part of it if you want. Oh, for sure. For sure. I, my vision, especially for the adults is that as we continue to grow, that we split off into more groups to have more adult groups doing the Bible or the, the gospel project. And even for adults to come in and help it so we can, we can work with more kids. We've seen a steady increase of kids as, we, as we've been doing this. So it's going to get to the point where it's going to be too chaotic. So we're going to need help. That's good so, stuff, man. Yeah, man. So um, this week, you talked about Spider-Man and Jesus. Just kind of <laughs> pivoting into that. Yeah. What, so what, what's, what, what's the story here? Like, okay. So uh, my kids, we homeschool and we're part of a, a co-op on Fridays. And so Fridays from, we show up about 8.30 until about one o'clock. Our kids, they have three different classes and a lot of them are very social, active, activity driven. So like outdoor sports or both my kids are in survival classes. There's classes like origami or, I mean, just tons of different things, right? Um, they have a great time. But at the beginning of it, there's a, a few worship songs in chapel and, you know, they, they uh, I guess they got to know me well enough now that last year they didn't ask me, but this year they asked me to, to, uh, to share at chapel, right? Oh. So just a short message and their theme for this session is, um, Jesus is my superhero. Right. And so they're even singing a song about Jesus being their superhero. It's, it's funny. Uh, cause it's got like these lines, like he's better than Batman or spider. It's, it's, it's really funny. Yeah. Kids, kids, cuteness for sure. And, um, and so they asked me like, well, here's, here's the days that are open. And you know, they, they threw a few ideas out there. And so I said, yeah, I can, I can talk about Spider-Man. Jaden really likes Spider-Man. There's been Spider-Man movies lately, all oh, that yeah. stuff. Into the Spider-Verse. I took your, I took Jaden to go see that. Yeah. 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 I, I went with you, Andrew. Into the Spider-Verse? We, we were together. No, not into the Spider-Verse. We saw, we saw 
uh, Far From Home together. That's the one I meant. Oh, okay. But <laughs> no, the cartoon right. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, anyway. no. So I thought you forgot about me. No, man. I just, I was excited that I got to hang out with your kid. You did. So. You did. Um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> they're kind of all the same though, aren't they? What, the, the Your kids? Yeah, they're all ginger. The Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, talked about that today. And as I, as I thought about it, I also got asked to speak at teenagers this week. And so I was like, um, how can I streamline this and kind of recycle the message and not have to do, you know, all these different messages in Wise, one week, right? Yeah, Cause you're also speaking this weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then we film on Thursdays and all that. And so, uh, by the time this week's over, I will have preached seven times, which is pretty fun. Um, backing up though, uh, as I thought about what, do I, what am I going to share about Spider-Man? How do I connect that? And I remember that uncle Ben has this line that is virtually quoting Jesus. I'm, I bet you can guess what it is. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And, and Jesus and, and Luke, no, no, no. Yeah. Luke 12, he says something almost exactly the same, okay. right? He says to those who much is given much will be required. Right. What? And, yeah. Okay. And so yeah. I was like, oh, well, Uncle Ben's quoting Jesus. So I, that's the angle I'm going to go. Except that story is it's pretty intense. Right. And so Jesus is following up on a question to Peter and Jesus is basically he's putting himself as the master who's going far away and he's coming back to find his servants. And he's talking about finding the faithful and wise servant who's actually doing what he's instructed to do. And then he talks about finding this, uh, the foolish servant or the wicked servant, the selfish servant who's basically abusing yeah. the other servants and, and eating whatever he wants. And Jesus gets pretty heavy. He says that servant's going to be cut up and like thrown away where the unfaithful are like, like that. It's a, it's a picture of divine retribution, right? Like, yeah. this, Oh my goodness, Jesus is coming back. Am I playing the game? Am I acting like a Christian when I really don't believe and I'm not actually serving Jesus? And, um, and so I didn't go into all those details with the kids cause you know, you got like five-year-olds in there. Um, but it was really amazing to talk about that same passage on Wednesday with our teenagers who are mostly retired. Did you talk about Spider-Man? Yeah, I mentioned it to them to and, the and, and they all knew, they all knew. I was like, do you guys know who Spider-Man was? And most all of them knew who he was. And, and we had a good laugh about that. Is it bad that I assume that like senior citizens don't know superheroes? Is that prejudice of me? I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Oh, Spider-Man has <laughs> been around a long time though. That's true. Yeah. So, uh, he was one of the earlier ones. If yeah. I remember right, he's got like 60 years worth of history. So, so anyway, we, we had a great time talking to them and, and I made the point to them that I was, I was speaking the same passage to the kids as well as to them. And it's just amazing that God's word, it doesn't matter how old or how young you are. It doesn't matter if you're retired or if you're in elementary age, like school, God's word applies to you. And so we really talked about that. And, and with the kids today, we really just landed on that spot of, that God has given us gifts. He's given us our life our breath, our personality, yeah. our mind, all of those things. And he's a master that's going to come back and either find us using them for his glory or for our own selfish purposes. And then we connected it back to what else has Jesus given us? Well, he's given us ourself, our own life. But then we talked about how he gave us his life. And, you know, just that simple verse that most kids know, at least in that Friday school context, yeah. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And, and so just connecting the dots with those kids saying, Hey, Jesus gave himself for you. And now you're called to live based on that gift in a way that honors him. Right. And to those who, uh, where much has been given much is required or expected. And it was, it was, it was just a wonderful reminder 
regardless of what generation we are, that we've been given some incredible gifts and Jesus is coming back someday and he's coming back and, and we're to serve him. Like he could come right. back right now. Right. And so it's that, that age old kind of line, like, you know, how are you living in a way that if Jesus were come to come back right now, would you be, would you be shrinking back? Mm-hmm. Is one part of the scripture says it, or would you be like excited that he's coming back? It's worth thinking about, right? Yeah. And you're, you're kind of in a spot where you're growing a lot too. I mean, Jesus were to come back right now, uh, at least the visibility I have in your life, like you're serving him, right? Man, I, you're attempting to, that's, that's what's on my mind. So it's interesting. I've never really connected Spider-Man's great response with great power comes great responsibility with, with that passage in Luke. But that is the same thing. Cause it's the idea you've been given something, do something with this, mm-hmm. do something meaningful with it. And that is something that I constantly think about all the time. I think about the resources. I think about the time. I think about a lot of things that have been given to me. And even now in this season of my life, I am, I'm trying to bring all, all of my life under that account and be like, what should I do for the glory of God yeah. in these things? And I, I think that's powerful for people to think about. I, you know, I think in, especially millennials were always, they had that banner where like, oh, I just want to live a life that it's just, I just want to live it to the fullest. And I think you can interpret what it means to live life to the fullest any way you want. But I really think as Christians, living your life to the fullest is, I think, living your life completely for the glory of God, bringing all aspects of your life under his lordship and just seeing, investing in that and, and, and investing yourself into that and seeing God just work and do do great things. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what does yeah. Jesus say? The, the one who tries to save his life, loses it. Yeah. And the one that loses his life for my sake, saves it or finds it. Mm. You know, that's the, that's the paradox of the Christian faith is we, we don't hold tightly to our life. We're willing to let go of it for, for the greater glory, for, for the eternal reward. Yeah. You know, and that's, I I think this passage is sobering because it reminds us of that, especially in this 21st century world where it's pretty easy to live for self, right? Oh, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Every entertainment just at your fingertips right now. And yeah, I started reading uh, an interesting book. Uh, you actually you recommended like the first year you're here, The Masculine Mandate. And it talks about, the first chapter talked about how uh, this motocross guy um, stopped living for himself, as in like he stopped living for self-discovery and instead he started living for family and started li- work, living for, for covenant relationships, mm-hmm. right? And one of the theses of that chapter, and I guess maybe the book is that we shouldn't live lives of self-discovery because self-discovery isn't found in you living some wild adventure. And he actually kind of pushed against, actually, he didn't kind of, he did. He pushed against uh, John Eldridge's uh, Wild at Heart. Yeah. Pretty hardcore, which there was a lot of interesting thoughts to that. Um, but yeah, as a society, we're always like, I got to find myself and I just got to do whatever. But really, Christ has, we're supposed to be more like Christ. And I think there is a level of, how, I think there's a, there's, there's a uniqueness to how we've been created individually and how we reflect Christ. But the source of finding that out is getting closer to him. Yeah. Not isolating yourself away from culture and squandering your life. I'm kind of going off on, on a rabbit trail. No, that's good though, because philosophically we're, we're being trained to look inside mm-hmm. for meaning and purpose. I've got to find it in me. And you know what? If, if we're honest with that, we find a sinner. Yeah. And you we should find, find a someone sinner. that's a hopeless and someone yeah. that's got flaws and someone that needs help. And so our, our culture trains us to look inside instead of looking outside to a savior, to Christ, mm-hmm. 
who, when we trust him and we follow him, that's where we actually find our life. And so we, again, we, we talk about the paradox or the upside down kingdom, but that's what it really is, right? You, when you, all you do is look inside, that's just an endless hole that you're never going to find what you're actually looking for. But when you turn to Jesus, when you trust the savior, that's actually what you're looking for. That's the real self-discovery. Yeah. Finding you were made in the image of God. You've been remade to, to be that masterpiece as Ephesians yeah. 2 puts it, right? I, I really, workmanship. Yeah. I really feel like the, the process of sanctification to me in my mind is like a, uh, it's like a, uh, what is, what is that? What is that guy who finds dinosaur bones and like, What's the name of that that profession? Where like they they dig them up? Archaeologist. An archaeologist. Okay, so I feel like sanctification in a lot of ways is brushing back dirt and crud to see the original intent underneath it. I feel like sanctification is discovering and learning who God created us to be for His glory under His under His light. You know, and there's like this beautiful masterpiece that once we learn about more about who we are, who we've been created to be for His glory, that's a lot more freeing than mm-hmm. just throwing more dirt on it and trying to make like a mud pie or something on top of that. I don't know. This is, this analogy is breaking down very fast, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think sanctification, I guess, is, is that discovery process yeah. of who God has created us to be. So let's go back to the scripture then, because I think we can root that analogy in, you know, Ephesians two mm-hmm. where eight and nine talks about this, like, you know, by grace, you've been saved through faith, right? And all that. And the youth of verse 10, it says, for we as wor- are his workmanship. Yes. created a new in Christ Jesus for the good works that he prepared or prepared before us that we should walk in them or prepared beforehand. That's what it says. And so it's this idea, like I'm growing in Christ likeness and, and I'm actually fulfilling this calling that he laid out even before I even understood him. Yeah. Like, and, and that's where fulfillment comes from. Yeah, that's true. And I think a lot of people can look at that and be like, man, do I not have a say in this? I feel like really controlled or whatever, but, but God is for us. Mm-hmm. Right. And he knows what's best for us. And your heartfelt desire to, to live life to the fullest is his, is his desire for you, but under his terms. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it cheapens existence. It, it actually makes it incredibly beautiful when we're that submissive to it. Yeah. I mean, you compare someone who, you know, lives the easy life, for self or pleasure, right? And you compare that with someone who has maybe given up much and they're on the front lines in the mission field and their life is at stake and, and being at risk and all that, right? Uh, which one's living the better life? It's the one who sacrifices for the Lord. Yeah, I mean, you can have all of the externals and not have joy and not have peace and not have hope. And you can have none of the externals and you can even have the externals threatened, right? Like the, the well-being, the safety, all of that. Yeah. And yet you've got that, that peace that transcends understanding. You have the presence of, of the spirit dwelling in you, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And that's better than anything else this world can offer. Yeah, for sure. You know, Mike, we are, uh, we're running up against time this week, but um, I was going to say, could, would you mind, would you pray for our listeners? Would you pray that... Um, that they would they would see what God has given them and that they would uh, do something with that, I guess. Be faithful to stewards of what God mm-hmm. has, has given them. Because I think I think we forget sometimes that God has given us a lot, especially through his son. And yeah. we we can take that for granted. Yeah. And God is coming back. And I, I don't want to sound like like this is threatening, 
but it's an honor and a privilege to be able to take that and invest that mm-hmm. back into the kingdom. Yeah. Yep. Heavenly Father, we heed the warning of your son, Jesus. Lord, we want to rise up to, to our calling. And so help us to live life in a way that takes every gift we've been given, takes the very breath that you've put in inside of us, takes the, the intellect you've given each of us, our personality, our, our talents, our abilities, it takes everything you've given us. And God, I pray that we would see that, that we are, we are going to give an account for those as we stand before you. So Father, I pray that right now we would turn to, to commit to living our life in a way that uses every gift in a way that honors you and pleases you. God, I pray for those listening. I pray for Andrew and myself. I pray for, I pray for Valley, for the church. I pray for those, those kids and those teenagers and those in life groups, everyone that we're, we're trying to point toward Jesus, all of those that we are, we are aiming at loving toward Jesus. God, I pray that we would see how amazing Christ is and that not out of guilt, not out of manipulation, but out of incredible affection for Jesus and, and who he is and what he's done for us, that we would live for his purposes and for his glory. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.